This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 424's After, After Show. Oh, oh. Oh, we can sync up even oh, across here we the are. country. Oh my gosh! In sync. Uh, I saw a disc golfer recently post that Aaron Carter, who's a little before or after our time of boy bands, Johnny. Yeah, he was like Aaron Carter was playing. He, he was like one yeah, of the he's brothers playing, of one of the boy bands, like Nick Carter or some. I don't know, but he's playing in some some bar in Minnesota. And and somebody needs to genuinely update me on this. In order to buy a ticket to see him perform, it was like twenty or twenty five dollars, and you would just cash app to some like random cash app account mm. that was maybe affiliated with a bar or his promoter. Is that is that a thing now? Are, 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 Nothing I've ever heard of concerts and. But, but I suppose like, if you don't I, want, I know Cash App's a thing. <laughs> if, if you if you don't want apps. to someone to take a cut of your 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 ticket sales, I guess there's a, I guess there's a way to do that. I'm just wondering if like Cash Apping, and then I and I I have money in Cash App. I double checked last night. Um, I've only accepted a few payments that way for for disc golf related things. So I don't know the ins and outs of it. I'm very I, I'm very old school PayPal dabble in, in Venmo, but I just wonder with Cash App, like, are there any protections whatsoever? Because I, I replied and said, A, the guy seems like a a, a confused, contrived, narcissistic D-bag, for starters. And second of all, if you're willing to lose 25 bucks, uh, I, I think that's an easy way to do it, because somehow I don't see this working out. But um, that's why I genuinely have to ask people out there, is like, Cash Apping to get into for covers or get into concerts and buying tickets. Is that, is that a new actual f- normal method? No, that's no. what I want to know. No, there, there are cheaper ways to go. If you don't want to deal with Ticketmaster. there's like Brown paper bag, um, which is a, just an, uh, a service as well. That takes a smaller cut than your Ticketmaster. but I have not dealt with anything that small, not cash app, I suppose. I mean, some of the concerts I've gone to, not recently, but a couple of years ago, you would just literally pay at the door. You'd show up and like, cool. You know, if you were one of the first uh, yeah. 30 people, you'd pay at the door and walk in. So I guess that's not much different than if if, you, if you're waiting in line right. and, and someone says, hey, rather than have me cash, you, you have to cash app this and then we let you into the bar. So I guess that's not much different. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think you know QR codes and things of that nature are are far fetched. Clearly, especially with COVID and how we all adapted to so much more cashless payment in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, just this concept of again, I, maybe it's just my my ignorance with Cash App specifically that it feels like there's just so little guarantee or protection or whatever. So here's what I'm gonna do: I'm gonna put my Cash App QR code up on screen, and if any of you guys want to <laughs> test it. We could. I'm just going to override it with mine. (laughs) (laughs) The the whole after show is neither of our faces. It's just just uh, a cash cash app QR code. Uh, No, in all seriousness, speaking of which, uh, we had a super chatter. I believe that's Chris Carpenter. Chris Carpenter jumped on with the super chat. 
We very much appreciate it, Chris. Uh, that's very kind of you to get in here and support our after show. So if somehow you're new here and you're unfamiliar, maybe you're a w- brand new Wednesday night viewer and you've never watched or been part of this before or listened in on our podcast. Uh, when we're here in the after show, this is a little different format in that there's not much of a format other than rambling conversation that may or may not be disc golf related. We often interact with everyone that comes to us from the YouTube or Facebook chat boards. That's usually where we get our uh, fodder. Is that is that the word? Sure. That's where we get some of our inspiration and some of the conversation that may or may not take a left turn on or off uh, the, the highway of disc golf. Uh, I will quickly add it. I know I've already talked about it before. Uh, I'm now officially through because I had yet one more flight I just took, one or two more flights. I'm officially through the entire first season, uh, which is only six episodes, disappointingly, of Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. And yes, mm-hmm. it's it's just very good. Um I I thoroughly enjoy it. I don't watch a lot of stuff on uh, on the platforms, but uh, Afterlife I have thoroughly enjoyed thus far. If uh, (laughs) and no surprise, as I've said, it feels a lot like a Ricky Gervais stand-up routine, just in sitcom format. It's pretty good. Yeah, thanks thanks to both of our super chat um, supporters tonight. I think it was Kevin. Uh, during the regular show and Chris just now. Oh, yeah. So thank well, you very thank much. You. Much, very much appreciated. Um, Real quick, I'll touch on a few people have asked. Uh, there was a certain commitment level that I, that I, that I went with at the USDGC and the throw pink event. Uh, we of course had our podcast and then on uh, every night, Essentially, I ended up doing some form of a little show on my channel, and it was just a lot of fun. And it was standard. It was standard for what we normally see mm-hmm. when I go to some of our larger scale events. I pull up UDisc, talk about a few stories from the day. I get sidetracked with everyone else asking questions, uh, and then I, I ramble on about something that took place uh, or some some way to tie it all together. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, I also did have the pleasure. I think maybe it was this time last. Maybe it was last week also. I had just gone to the Innova factory or the warehouse mm-hmm. and was able to walk around and pick up a few goodies. We but talked about it. Nonetheless, yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really good time, a good week. And uh, if you guys enjoy those or want to continue to enjoy those, let me know. Um, my night's kind of compacted real quick, which made for really late, late starts because the second, essentially, the, the putt would drop for the men and my interview duties were done at on the MPO side. I met, I drove about 20 minutes to where the GK Pro guys were, met up with Christine Jennings, and then we did commentary on the FPO post-production that GK Pro had assembled. So then I drove back from that after every night, usually had to quick, quickly grab my first bite to eat, and then got a show up and running. And it made for some long nights, but it was it definitely was a lot of fun. So, And I heard really good things about the uh, post-production and nothing specific about commentators, but I heard good in general about the, the U S DGC and throw pink post-production um, more so than what happened at worlds. I think was worlds. No. What was the other one that, that they did? Well, last year's U S DGC, there was part of different golden gold yeah. packages. And I just think there was some confusion to it. Oh, there was definitely confusion and this last year, year, but well, just the, just the fact I, I really love the fact that, if you're a Disc Golf Network subscriber, that was all just in there. It was mm-hmm. part of the yep. overall bonus content that was, you know, within the the scope of USDGC and Throw Pink. And for that, I, I hope a lot of the Disc Golf Network subscribers really enjoyed that or, or liked it. I did hear it was a little difficult to navigate and to find at one point. It's, but then when I tried yeah. it during the live show, I tried it on a, on a desktop version or a web version. And it was super easy and intuitive, and I found it instantly, and I'm not that bright, and I wasn't that sober. But uh, I found it instantly. Now, I can't speak to what it would be like, you know, when you're you know, out there using your Roku or whatever. I didn't attempt to use it there. But after hearing of a few people saying, hey, it's really tough to find this post-production and to navigate around, I pulled up it on a screen, and within seconds, I was right where I needed to be. So uh, maybe it was platform-specific. Chris Carpenter says we need a DGN Nintendo Switch app. I agree. That would be kind of cool. 
What would be the advantage? It's just another, just another device that you have carrying around. Maybe some people don't have Roku's or things like that. Having a Switch app is would, would be fun. I mean, I don't think it's like there's probably it would probably be the least used app, but um, I've also heard people say like, oh, we need a Samsung app for it, or we need a you know a Tizen app for it. We need I want one an app on my watch for DGN. Yeah, I was and, just gonna say that. <laughs> and it's just it's like mm, I don't think there's a huge demand for it, but. I could see that. And let me let me say this. I know that I've at one point for the FPO, because I was not doing the switching for FPO, I sat down on my couch and went to the Roku and I went to, to, to watch FPO live. And somehow I actually like the way they sort it. It was sorted by it's it's like alphabetical or, or or you know whatever. So 2021 came up before 2022, and I I clicked on it. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not that's not the same background we have for our countdown. That's not the right logo. Like what's going? And then I looked at like, oh, I'm in 2021. Um, so I can understand how it, it's a it can be a little bit confusing. I know the Pro Tour is looking at it. They've they're they're ex, you know they're looking at all sorts of options in the off season. Um, right now. You know they're they're kind of tied into Vimeo and the the apps, the Roku, the the web apps. Those are all I'll say white box apps that we just lay a skin over, and they have limited options as far as what they can modify. But I do know again they might stick with Vimeo because they find it's the best one. But they are looking at other options as well. So yeah, and and even here as now I've dug in just a little bit. Uh, again, and I went and found, like, for instance, the FPO post-production mm-hmm. that Christine and I did. I, I think there's just e- even a communication uh, opportunity, if we're using those types of phrasing, a communication opportunity to, that it's called shot by shot. Like, I just think to some people, that's not common terminology that gets used. So we have live, we have shot by shot, we have highlights, we have all these different things Yeah, that we kind of refer to that are all in the know, but you click on something Mm -hmm. and you're seeing it and it says shot by shot. That may or may not jump out at you as, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the the 35 minute, you know, post-production version. And so, you know, that's totally understandable is what I would say to that is somebody was funny way of saying because live is shot by shot. I mean, if you think about it, it's just much slower. So I don't know what we'd have to come up with a good new term to determine because you can't do recap or summary because it feels like those are not not full are really even more condensed. I feel like card coverage would would nail it because Mm. when, when you when you're covering one Cause that's what those do. Those cover one card, sure. cover, you know, as opposed to the live, which covers multiple cards or, you know, I don't know. Someone smarter than us can probably come up with a better term for, which is a lot of people. So you would think you, one, <laughs> there's one a lot think. to pull from. So, so. anyway, um, yeah, that, that, you know, was all part of the overall process. I know GK Pro worked really hard to get everything done the way that they did. And I, I can't say enough about how much I just appreciate those guys, uh, in working with them to show up to their, uh, to their trailer, to their campground and, you know, just basically sit down and put on a headset and be ready to go with Christine, uh, was, was a real pleasure. So I hope that people enjoyed it. I don't really know those numbers, um, or, yeah, I don't know any of the numbers. I don't know how well received it is, what kind of uh, response there is, but I'm hoping that people could both find it and enjoy it. <laughs> Zach says uh, DGN isn't really live, though, it, you know, and and it's like, well, it's as live as any other ah. golf. It's as live as any other golf tournament. Yes, there are issues where if you're watching UDISC, <laughs> you do notice that the scores will update before you maybe see a shot because we're watching <laughs> the. I know, Terry, because we're watching the lead card, and obviously the chase card is acting at the same time, so we will bank those, play them uh, either between shots or after holes or the, the best available time. But honestly, you can get that with golf, too, because if you're watching golf on NBC or the Golf Channel, they have their own scoring versus what you can find on the web for the tournament scoring. Uh, the, the, the production companies have their own scoring. 
to make sure that the scoring keeps up properly with what is on the screen. We don't have that. We can't yeah. really maintain that. So we rely on UDISC, and UDISC is up to the second. The minute the, the, the person on the ground puts that in, within seconds, it's updated on UDISC. And we're not always that fast. So, But golf is the same way. Like I said, golf, they can't show all the action. So what you're seeing is also delayed a lot of times by 5 10 40 seconds a minute or two yeah um we do the same thing we but most of what you see on the lead card is mostly live or within 5 yeah, to I 10 mean, seconds i mean it. if we're getting really i mean really yeah, yeah technical so, yes clearly some of it could be banked for a few seconds now i mean if you just want live coverage i mean we'll just split up your screen and <laughs> show eight different people throwing at the exact that. same time yeah exactly i'm just saying like that that uh I'm, I'm not sure you want that either so of course something has to get banked as we call it uh to be held in replay so it's zach, as, like you said johnny it's as live as live gets zach also asks uh why not a replay icon on screen when doing them because we want to treat it like we, we don't want to take you out of the experience of live, even if the shot on the second card, even if you know that's already happened 20 seconds ago, a minute, two minutes ago. The term replay to me means showing it again, and we're not watching it on replay. You're watching it on delay, but the word delay up there, I don't I think would be confusing. Just live. I mean, it's it's live to, to most people, and you know, unless you're actively, which if you notice if you're a very keen watcher, we do have the transparent that goes in the lower right-hand corner of the screen. So, like, usually, like, right here. We take that down. You'll notice people complain that, oh, the scores aren't up. It's probably because something happened on the second card. Someone got a birdie that we don't want to spoil, so to speak, before we show it to you. And then I hear it in my ear all the time, like, is the transparent good? Yep, bring it up. And so we'll bring it back up after we make sure we have nothing that we're going to show in the bank. And then it, it moves on like that. So you, let me put it this way. If, if you want to ruin your experience, and I will here, if you see the transparent go away, it's because someone did something, good or bad, um, that we're going to show you that's probably on that transparent. Good or bad. Good or bad. It's Remember not necessarily that, just good. I mean, good or bad. We, we, we will show you bogeys. There, there could we be showed six a lot people on the today. transparent. Yes, well, I don't know if we had a choice. I think it was either that or no golf. That's uh, true. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there might be four people on that card, and the next time you look, there might be four different people. I mean, good or bad, something could be you know happening there. So that's right. All right, I'm going to read a few more things from the board. Uh, we do say moments ago. Screen. We do say moments ago. Sometimes, if if we spoil it or something like that, or or if you know, like if we if you'll see time jumps, you'll see. You know, Kevin Jones tee off on two, and then literally three seconds All later, he's, <laughs> he's up at his he's up at his uh, his his approach shot. You know, Terry might say, "Oh, this was from a few seconds ago. Now we're live, even if we're not really live, if we're close." But that's that's just what we do. And sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just lie. It's weird. We fool you guys a lot, and you guys don't even notice. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow I'm not going to tell you when, but we're going to fool you a couple times. Fool I you. Fooled you. Uh, and to be fair, a few years ago, we didn't have a lot of those options to be even uh, oh, clever no. enough to do so. Yeah, we it couldn't even a, do that. It was a very different world. Uh, a lot of the ball golf announcers will say during the broadcast, here's Woods just a moment ago on the third hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I, I think it's a matter of getting used to uh, when that's happening, what that means for the storyline, at what point, um, you know, are we going to show scores that coincide with that? Those are all kind of the things that are the decisions that not only is Mo uh, toying with in his head, but then he's also verbalizing to me that's coming into my ear when I'm mid-sentence with something. And then he wants to tell me, you know, oh, hey, this is coming up next or, you know, we're going to Coling next. And for what it's worth, uh, there there was a big response and I'm not surprised by it, but there was a pretty big response when I had done about a, a minute-long behind-the-scenes Instagram post from USDGC, where I had kind of showed a, our, you know, our control room. Obviously, I showed you guys the booth with Philo and Ian, and at the time, and then walking over to the control room where you have multiple people. I mean, it looks just like it does in the movies or on TV when you got multiple people sitting in a room with a ton of stuff going on in front of them, a whole 
bay of buttons in front of them and everybody's just yelling, yeah, yeah, show me this, do this, do that. Like, that's exactly how we operate. Um, sometimes it's more congested and we're together. And a lot of times all those people are doing those tasks. They're just satellite or they're remoted out in different parts of the country, which clearly is a newer, uh, you know, advent to our production in the last few years that that's even possible. So it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. And a lot of people see that and are like, wow, all of that's happening. It's like, <laughs> yes. Plus, yep. there's 10 people out on the on the course running around with cameras and 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 the uh, and the support network uh, of, of those people supporting the cameramen. And then there's two or three people in a booth trying not to say dumb, dumb shit. I mean, like you, you've got so, some of us more successful yeah. than others. <laughs> And then uh, uh, Ray, I, asked, Ray asked about the feature hole broadcast, if there was a whole crew there. Yes, there's a whole separate crew, yeah. a graphics, a replay, and a director, and Dust, who was doing the commentary. That's three, four more people to to, to put on that show. And then the replay operator sure, actually hole, double, right? doubles up with the replay for us, so we can call on him to pull shots from him. Because that's really kind of how a big broadcast, golf, a true bro- golf broadcast works. They've got groups of people that cover usually like three holes. And they just save shots and put together packages and then they show them on the main broadcast. You've got one guy who probably has access to all that stuff and all right, bring that in. Oh, we're going to go. We're jumping over here. Bring that in. We're just getting to that point now where we have, you know, a separate crew. And producer, I, I think that's associate producer, pretty yeah, exciting. All, all the yep. director, associate director, all these different people doing all these different uh, tasks and roles out there. And I always feel I, I, and <laughs> this might go without saying or is obvious to some of you. There's 20 people, 30 people doing a whole bunch of work to make things look as best as they possibly can. More often than not killing it. <laughs> and then I could just say something really stupid and ruin all of that hard work. And uh, I, I mean, I, I, I chuckle now. I don't take it lightly, though. Believe it or not, I do not take it lightly because I think about that's that's such a letdown for when so many people are killing it and doing so many good things. And then I do stuff like get ahead of myself today. I totally own the bogey of of essentially thinking Alexis Mundahano, spoiler if you didn't watch today, but thinking Alexis Mundahano was closer than she was on 18. I thought she all but had a tap in on 18 to close out the FPO side. Had she had that tap in that I assume she did, it didn't matter that Jessica Weiss was going to put it close and because Alexis had the uh, had the better lower seed. Hannah had already thrown out a bounce. Hannah came into the whole, the outright, you know, front runner. And instead, Hannah ends up throwing out a bounce. She kind of takes herself out of contention. And then as I'm kind of setting it up and talking about it throughout, I watch Alexis throw and I'm like, Alexis just wrapped this up. It doesn't matter. Jessica's season's done. Well, just to find out wah, that wah. I mis- misjudged and and totally missed just missed the call. I mean, I just flat out called it wrong. And sure enough, uh, Alexis ends up throwing out of bounds, blah, 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 blah. She doesn't make her putt. And Jessica goes on and, and rightfully, uh, you know, takes that last spot. So just just know, everyone, um, <laughs> right or wrong, fair or not, 99% of the time when I F up, I know it. I mean, you can tell me if you want, but I probably do know that I F up. And today was one of those situations for sure. And- so. I would say just for what that's worth, 80% of the time, it's your fault. There, there's a good 20% of the time that someone tells you wrong information in your ear. You're like, oh, hey, hey, we're yeah, going. That's we're, true. You know, we're, we're, we're going to Alexis. It's her. It, it's her par putt. You, we get there and it turns out maybe you disc was off or Mo miscounted. And it's not her par putt. It's her bogey putt because we just missed. She she threw one in the woods that nobody really saw. And maybe our cameras kind of got and this and that. And suddenly we're we're wrong. And that yeah. you, you just have to eat that like sure. And unfortunately, whether you like it or not, you know, just because the words were said into Terry's ear, they come out of his mouth and he has to take credit for him, whether he uh, he's right or wrong, depending because trust me, we tell Terry wrong information all the time for fun. 
It's just it's funny for and us. Some, some, <laughs> sometimes I override it. If if I feel yeah. very strongly about something that's happened or whatever, I will of course override it. And sometimes I I yep. I am just you know a, a conduit. I'm just a middleman uh, repeating something that's been given to me. That's that's you know part of how the we the call gig the commentators. So, we call them meat puppets in the com- in the control room. Oh, because well, Ian Ian's really good about that because Mo will usually say something and most most usually pretty clear most of the time he's a, he's a little bit mumbly sometimes but um that's mo for you terry a lot of times will take what mo says and rephrase it ian sometimes just literally will spit out what mo says and so <laughs> when they do that it's like ah, they were a very good meat puppet and we said that about terry mm-hmm. we said about all the commentators charlie you know terry ian because they will just repeat sometimes what mo says um and and we make little jokes about it. And speaking of overriding, uh, God, I, I got burnt by it at USDGC. There was a shot that we showed live, and then we went back and had to, and showed it again in replay for no reason. It was like just somebody approaching, and I'm like, when it came up in my replay, I was like, I think we've seen this. And Mo's like, No, 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 we haven't. I'm like, No, I think we went to this live, and we showed the same shot. And I think Doss called. No, it wasn't Doss. Obviously, I think it was Ian that called it out. And was like, yeah, we uh, we saw this, and I was like, oh, I told you, Mo. And Mo was like, damn it, we did see that live. Uh, we make mistakes in the control room once, once, a lot of it. them, just once, often, and then and then they make me look dumb. Well, so I'm shifting all the blame and, back to and you. We don't need you. It's, don't need oh, this any is help. all. <laughs> I, that's very true. Help. I absolutely don't. Uh, uh, so I had the major gaffe with Jessica today. That 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 was a hundred percent my bogey. Other than that, for the most part, we had a, a relatively clean show without any other massive gaffes that took place. But uh, certainly they, they do happen from time to time. And again, no problem owning up to it. So uh, we'll, we'll see how the, the next couple of days unfold, too. I mean, obviously, we're going to be treated to this super tough course. And they proved today. I mean, yes, these are top level players that struggled. And maybe it was their just because it was their first competitive round on the track or whatever, but it it just proved. And and Gannon referenced it. There was also, you know, some inclement weather that hopefully will be clear of us for the next few days. But man, uh, you know, if people you you often hear people barking. Oh, I hate I hate this open Heiser Fest. I hate these golf courses. I we look like a joke when our when our players are shooting sixteen under par. Having perfect rounds. Well, buckle up because you're not getting any of that this weekend. Right? And now, and and the complaints you're going to hear are people like, "Oh, this course, it's just too pokey. It's too poke and hope. Oh, the players are kicking it's off from nowhere, and they're not getting to the cameras because that's the biggest problem for for us. We've got a camera at where the ideal catch location is, and a, and a camera, you know, where they're throwing. We can't put cameras all the way up the fairway because as we saw today. Sometimes a a shot will go 75 feet and kick way right. Sometimes it'll go 20 feet. If you're Thomas Gilbert. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> and and sometimes they get to you. And it would be nice if we had more cameras. But even then, what do we do? Do we put a camera on each side of the fairway for the kicks? Do you? It's, it's very difficult. Um, wooded courses yeah. are very difficult to produce. They're very tough to to show. I mean... Nevin is a difficult course to understand because there's so many times you're you walk up to a hole and all you see is a path and you don't know if that it's hard to tell if it tails off right it tails off left I tried something new today when I put up some uh I, I moved the the shot into a smaller screen and I had uh, our graphics and I marquee put up the whole graphic while the player was throwing and I was switched inside of that which is a little more difficult to do because it's just a, a, a different process. And I thought it worked okay. Like I wasn't, I, I didn't love the look of the shot. I think we could do better, but I literally threw it together in about 25 seconds because I heard people complaining about, Hey, I don't know this course. I don't know where, where these guys throwing, are going. Yeah. Where are they throwing? I liked to? it. And, and it's tough because we don't always have time to, to show a whole preview or a, a, a whole graphic and things like that. So, and the other thing I have to think about is I can't just, I would love to just put it over the regular shot. But then I have to tell the camera, hey, you need to frame this left. So the guy's on the left and the graphic will be on the right. 
but those guys are also shooting for post-production. So suddenly you have this weird framing and post-production of the guy being off to the side when you're like, why, if you're watching the next day, you're like, why didn't he frame him right in the middle? You're not thinking that mm-hmm. me in the control room is telling my, my cameraman. Johnny V, the a-hole, is telling him to move. <laughs> like, like, move, move to the left. Put your guy on the left. Mm-hmm. It just looks weird. There's a lot of things we need to take into account and figure out when we're doing this live production, especially when we're doing it with post-production guys. Um There there are times that just I don't get the shot I want and that's life and I deal with that. And 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 let me say that Uh, I I think our cameramen, the GK Pro guys, the you know, I think every once in a while we get gatekeeper guys, CCDG um, and the live guys, the guys that do primary live. I'm not going to lie. I think they're the best cameramen that that are in our sport. I I I mean, the the way that they're so good uh, hustling around and I, I think it's under undervalued and maybe under recognized how much tougher a live can be to do what you need to do because of all the considerations that go along with being a live camera. And I, and I know of course, you know, our post-production guys, everyone uh, has to run around and work hustle just as hard, but it's just still a different feeling and vibe and, and mm-hmm. a little bit different strategy when you're out there for some of the reasons you, you just, excuse me, you just mentioned. So, um, uh, you know, and I and what real quick to put a button on that is it makes me think about, you know, all the struggles you were just talking about with where to have cameras. I think about some people that often complain, you know, whether it's me or other people in the field. They're like, oh, they keep calling on Terry and he never knows, you know, he, he didn't <laughs> see the shot or he never knows where it went. And I've said this before. I remember very vividly at European Open, one of the wooded shots that, you know, I, I would go stand where I was expecting them all to land or most of them. And then often they weren't getting there or some people weren't getting there. And then always the question is, well, how bad is that kick? You know, that was 200 feet away. And then, of course, I then make an adjustment to go stand down there to wait for it. And then everyone laces the shot. And I'm like, ah, you just can't win. So uh, that's all part of it, of being out there. It's uh, it's just things you got to fight through and, and is fun to deal with. Um. Ben says he likes seeing pros cursing in frustration like the common man. I mean, there was certainly a little bit of that out there today for uh, for sure. Yeah, we, we, uh, we saw ben, a few players get... Ben. I, I felt that, um, and, and I want to call him out. Actually, I will call him out. I felt Chandler Kramer kind of went in the tank a little early. He had He had opportunity going into like 17, and I felt like based on his body language, he thought he was out of it. it exactly. Like, like I, he, I agree he, with that. He, he could have... It, you know, if you try to sort yourself together and try to get through those last two holes, and I feel like he maybe would have had a chance to get in because he went bogey double to close out. That's three strokes right there. You know, a plus three gets him in third place. But if one of those are a birdie, he's he, he's he's right there with Thomas Gilbert. In fact, beating Thomas Gilbert with, due to a tiebreaker. I, it was unfortunate. I felt I felt Chandler at the end just kind of. He he let he let his emotions get a little bit too much on him and and didn't wasn't able to uh, wasn't able to complete the round. I think that's something he needs to work on maybe in the off season, just controlling his emotions on the course. Because I'm not the only one that has mentioned it. We've we've seen I've seen a lot of other people mention his attitude and demeanor when things don't just, go his way. Yeah, and that, and I and clearly as you were just saying, th- that can be on any given event, but this oh, round yeah. in particular, when it's your one shot. It might have been he, he may have let his frustrations get to him just a tad prematurely, just yeah. knowing how tough it is to close out on that course in particular. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're walking up and, you know, there's just three, you know, no brainer birdie holes to finish out. You're like, oh, I'm not catching anybody. But as we saw, just about anything can happen on those last couple of holes. So that's that's something I feel like a lot of people could learn from today moving into the next couple of days. Uh, reading back up a few of the questions, Ben asked, why does Ian giggle so much? I, that I'm not sure. I mean, they, to be fair, a lot of us have a lot of fun in the booth. Um, I, I can't speak to that, uh, so much, but Galactic Conqueror says, my wife's maiden name is Miller. We may be related through marriage, Terry. You know, we're all related. (laughs) Circle of life, baby. go back far enough. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, one guy offering, uh, Terry, uh, criticism in the chat today. Yeah, uh. He, I'm going to go ahead and say I believe he was specifically, I feel like, a big germ fan. Uh, he, he was telling me I needed to talk half as much, which on some occasions could be true, should be, might be true. 
Like but now? It was specifically, <laughs> it was specifically <laughs> when uh, I, I had made a comment with regard to Big Germ. And Big Germ's vocal on the course. And, and, and I think it's fair that if someone like Big Germ is, is going to be vocal about good kicks he, or bad kicks, like you're subject to that conversation on our behalf as well. And in his comment, I think, was something along the lines of, you know, we could visibly see that germ was frustrated. You didn't need to talk about that. I'm like, I don't I don't know. I feel like I can. And that's kind of my job, whether it's big germ who you I'm guessing like a lot or if it's uh, Paul McBeth or Ricky Wysocki or, or Kristen Tatar. I mean, that's I mean, I may or may not always say the the correct thing, but. Just because I saw he was mad doesn't mean I shouldn't mention it either. Um, he, Big Germ kind of asks for reactions, doesn't he? I mean, he's kind of begging for them or creating them himself a lot of time. So I, I, yeah. I think it's you know he's particular to the player. You know, he understands cameras and he's sure. animated. He always has been. Like as long as we've known him. I mean, I just think back to like one of our first years broadcasting at the Memorial. We're on Fountain Hills, and where there's a always the huge backup on like seven eight. And um, we stand there and who's the first person to walk over to the camera to chat with Terry germ like germ understands cameras. He likes being in front of yeah. the camera. He likes he, he and again, this isn't a knock on germ. He just understands media. He's, you know, and, and so mm-hmm. him talking out well, loud you, is, I think, part of that on the course. Well, and and with that, I think if you're going to talk about a, a really terrible kick or what you feel like is a terrible kick, even though you may have hit the tree or whomever, uh, you know, rightfully so, you can talk about the other side when there's a good kick or whatever. I mean, it's I don't know. I I, I get it. I'm not. I, I also did. I think made the clarification. I, somebody said I don't take criticism, and I I'd like to think differently of that. But let's just remember that not every opinion is necessarily valid criticism either. Like. I have to sift through that. Other people have to sift through that. And, and there still has to be a lot of subjectivity that just because you have an opinion doesn't mean that it's valid or useful criticism either. There's there's a little piece of that. And I'm always right. So why would I take? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's only because we're telling I'm them what to not. say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, is uh, Goose Gossage on the field? What? Uh, oh wait, Randy is. I think there's. A, I think there's a race going on, and there's like a goose in the middle of uh, a, a track. Is what I'm. Is what I'm gathering on FS1, maybe. Yeah, so. I, there's a very side conversation that I'm not that I probably don't understand or don't need. You to don't need to understand. It, I don't. Th- I don't think of what's going on out there in our chat, but we appreciate you for being there. Um. Wooded golf is awesome. The complaints oh, the, are fine, but oh, it's the MLB game, MLB playoff game. They're talking about. I suppose. Yeah, it feels so much later. Mm. It's only ten forty-five. I keep thinking maybe it feels eleven forty-five because we started an hour early. Uh, Bugatti says you don't like the kicks. You don't like kicks. Hit the line. Yeah, that's that's another way to look at it. Uh, inevitably, kicks, uh, good and bad, are going to happen out on that course uh, when it's all said and done. There's no doubt about that. Real quick, just to talk about it, uh, round one, which I accidentally called the quarterfinals a couple times on the MPO side, even though the women go right to the quarterfinals on Friday. I've never been good with brackets. I'll, I'll just throw that out there. But round tomorrow is technically round one. It is not the quarterfinals. And it was after like the third time I said it, Some I, I looked at, you disc. I'm like, oh, it's, they're labeled as round one. I should, I should correct that. And then mm-hmm. Nate gently corrected me anyway, so I appreciate it. Uh, but round one tomorrow afternoon: Linus, Andrew Marwe, Jeremy Colling, Thomas Gilbert, uh, Nicholas Ansela, who's got, I'm sure, a ton more fans and following uh, even than before. Um, Greg Barsby, Brody Smith, Emerson Keith, AB, Mason Ford, Garrett Gerthy, Vinyl Macula. Adam Hammes, Drew Gibson, Bradley Williams, and Alden Harris. Ready for some golf tomorrow, huh? No, it's going to be a long day tomorrow. Yeah, covering four cards. I think we're starting tomorrow at uh, like two thirty. Yeah, yeah. Two thirty said the two two thirty Eastern. Two thirty Eastern. Well, probably right before that, actually, what? because we're probably going come live a couple minutes before two thirty. 
That's when tee off. I don't know. I'm just saying what I read on a piece of paper or on the screen a couple times. I haven't looked at Mo's breakdown yet. I'll look at it in a little bit. (laughs) I know a thing or two. All right. It was uh, the Mariners, uh, Rivian, Sexton, and the owner. We have two Rivians now in the Salem area. Sexton and owner of a gas station. That's funny. Uh, Actually, all the Rivians are just... any irony in that? That the owner of the gas station has a Rivian? (laughs) Owner of a gas station? Yeah. Every Rivian was just recalled, too. Oh, really? Yeah, there's apparently so a loose... Sexton might not show up tomorrow? <laughs> there's apparently a, some here. sort of loose bracket that needs to be fixed. Uh, Rivian had, like, a call uh, of every one of their vehicles that needs to come in and get wow. checked. So, I don't think it's, like, life or death, but they definitely want you to bring it in at some point and get it checked out. Okay. Uh, speaking of life or death, Johnny, uh, I was not there today, clearly. Mm-hmm. In Wisconsin, but I heard of some tornado lockdowns at schools. I got mm-hmm. uh, a little alert for my children. What what was going on in Wisconsin today? Um, there was a tornado warning. I don't believe that. I don't know if there was a tornado touchdown because my kids, which are a block away uh, for, at the school, both had to go into you know the the typical tornado lockdown where you you know go into the basement, sit down on the floor, put your hands over your head or whatever you have to do. And yeah, so there was that. That was in the middle of the broadcast because suddenly my my phone started beeping. I think there was a phone in the control room that was beeping uh, <laughs> here in the Milwaukee area. My one of my employees that I work with called me up and he was like, "Hey, uh, my wife works in Pewaukee. She's hiding in a closet right now. Can I go home and get deal with my kid?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, go for it. Make your you know do what you got to do, buddy." And I said, "Just work from there." So, yeah, there was uh, there there were some tornado scares today. I don't believe there was anything really major, though. So thankfully. OK, yeah, I just got an alert for, uh, that both of my children in Pewaukee. Um, oh, man, I feel like Kanye or yay. I'm like doxing my own kids where they go to school. Jeez. Anyway, mm. uh, <laughs> these are real people problems we have. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I had just heard that there was uh, a warning or a scare and alert of, of nature of that nature. Uh, but it sounds like everything was all right. Uh, Patrick Hamill, P. Hamill, out there tells us one touchdown in West Dallas, which is a Milwaukee suburb. Oh, so okay, okay. Oh man, I don't want to see West Dallas wiped out. That'd be. Yeah, that would, <laughs> oh no! I don't want that? Uh, is that normal for Milwaukee? Um, no, I, I would say no. We don't have a lot of no, not legitimate, not the tornado. city. No. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right, Johnny, do we have anything else we need to cover tonight? Does the world have anything else we need to cover? Speak I, now I or have forever nothing. hold your peace. Are we going to see more of the sa- the sausage factory entrance tomorrow? Yes, I think we will. And Good. I'm not here to... It's like a crowd favorite. I think it's kind of silly. We we were we were calling I don't it, know we, you're no we were, fun. We were calling that we were calling it the sausage factory, the brat house, the you know. I the said there needs stop, to be which, yeah, which the, is a bar in Wisconsin, the brat stop, yeah, the bar restaurant. I, I someone's like you know it's still a little. Someone in the control room said you know it's just a little underwhelming, and I was like that's because it's the you know it's a brat stop. You need like the smoke machine in there because then it feels like it's yeah, like it was, like. And I said anyone in there, I'm just, just going to call them a bunch of wieners. So yep. Yeah, there, there's plenty of jokes know. to be had. And for what it's worth, uh, and I kind of referenced it on the broadcast, but yes, Johnsonville uh, Sausages and Meats and everything is located, uh, well, just kind of up the highway from where Johnny's at, about yeah. an hour, hour and a half. Is that, just is that a good guess? About an hour. hour. Hour and a half, somewhere in that general area. Uh, so it, Johnsonville, very much a, a, a Wisconsin uh, company, and obviously one synonymous with grilling out, whether it's the mm-hmm. Milwaukee Brewers or the Green Bay Packers, uh, and uh, on a national level as well. But in Wisconsin specifically, uh, we very much have a tie to Johnsonville. In fact, we have a friend, a disc golfer friend that for a while worked there, and we probably still have disc golfer friends that work there. So, But we had one in particular, so... And actually, uh, Jay, Johnsonville made a post, a social media post today about disc golf, and they says you can't spell sausage without USA, was, I think was the tagline. And Sounds true. Yeah, it's true, Terry. Um, and then if you retweet it and get something, you get some exclu- you can have a chance to win some exclusive disc. Uh, 
So yeah, really? so if you if you're out there, yeah, take a look. Well, I better get on that. There you go, Terry. Get on the socials. I will. I absolutely will. Hey, and speaking of which, free plug for two uh, different places. <laughs> it's not much of a plug, but I do want to thank. Uh, I had a conversation and a little bit of insight with Maniacal Mead, who I am just learning more about out of Michigan. Uh, he had reached out. Uh, Mr. Fraser had reached out and said, this sounds like a product that I very much might enjoy. And then he actually stepped up and sponsored one of my nightly recaps. And so I very much appreciate that. And per per the tracking today, it sounds like some of this uh, delicious beverage has showed up at my house. I'm very green to the idea. Don't know much about it. Uh, he gave me a little background, and I'm looking forward to once I return, uh, seeing what's all about. Of course, I'm just there to support disc golfers. That's that's my main reason for obliging. Uh, and also, uh, I, I am interested in talking with our friends at Founders. They have, of mm-hmm. course, worked with uh, Gatekeeper Media. You've seen them supporting. They're out of the, you know, that general kind of Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan area and that general area. And uh, I had a quick conversation with them today. And if they can find a way to support me and I can find a way to recognize and throw support their way. I am all about it. A, a few of you have heard of me talk about them. So uh, I want to say thank you to them for even the idea of supporting disc golfers. And again, if I have to oblige people like founders, I, I will. And I only do it for you guys. I do it for the sport. Uh, I do it to push us forward. And it's if a distillery wants to step up and support me, I'm all about it. You know, just send me a bottle of whiskey and I, I will give everyone my unprofessional opinion of it. Yes. Uh, and, and as Dylan on the board says, founders and Bells have a good history. Bells over in Kalamazoo area. We know uh, Larry Laban, LLK Zoo, as we call him. He has had a great working re- relationship with them for at least 20 years. Um, I, I feel like ever since I've been, we've been going there and having anything to do with being in the Kalamazoo area, um, certainly I could, can agree. I with could that, probably so. dig out an old Bell's pint somewhere that I have sitting around if I really wanted I, I to. I know I have, I have one or two as well. So, uh, we very much appreciate that. Uh, somebody says that mead is not their, excuse me, mead is not their jam, so to speak, but, uh, and maybe it may or may not be for me. I can't speak to it, but as the saying goes. I'll All right, Terry. Anything once, uh, maybe not. Uh, just for well, before, right before we wrap this up, because we're going to wrap this up in a second here. I just want to know this weekend's event: um, favorite or underdog? Who's going to take it? You don't have to give me any names. Do you think it's going to be someone that people would pick as a favorite, or someone that, in generally, people would pick as more of an underdog? For I think MPO. it's going to be a favorite. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say it's going to be uh, a favorite. I don't and, know if you, you look at your top four or whatever, but yeah, I, I'm going to say it's going to be a favorite on the FPO side. Yeah. An underdog. Uh, an underdog, and I'm trying to think who would be considered in that kind of category. Uh, I, I mean, basically, are you betting against, you know, Tatar, really, I guess, feels like the question, the main question. She's clearly your outright favorite, I feel like. Uh, with other, you know, uh, you know, obvious contenders, but she's going to be your outright favorite. That's so tough. I, I, I feel like an idiot betting against Kristen Tatar at this stage. I mean, you just it just Kat? doesn't seem like where the Sarah Holcomb Kat, on a on a course Owen like Scoggins. this. Owen Scoggins, Owen Scoggins, Missy Gannon, Sarah, and, and Owen. You know, it's it's, funny this is not about distance. I don't, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't think of Missy yeah, as a, as a woods golfer like that. Uh, well, I, th- I think I, of her very consist- yeah, and, uh, consistent and a great putter, but but like a tight. Sure, you don't think like of that. This. Is that before or after you polished her trophy from Hornet's Nest last year? I don't. This course, I think, is way tighter than Hornet's Nest. I, I don't. The, Hornet's Nest seemed to have like a lot of a lot of fairway compared to this one. But I, I mean, don't again. I, I hear don't you. Get me I wrong. hear you. Missy, Missy Gannon's a phenomenal player, but. I, I don't know. I don't know. There, there, <laughs> there might be some Estonian fuel in in uh Kristen, I mean she didn't win, so <laughs> you know how that fires her up uh and and she might find herself back on a podium so i I don't know it's tough, it's tough, you know, you think of her composure, you know we have so many good competitors uh, you know, Haley King has won at Hornet's Nest, Haley King got it together today, she also took some big numbers 
I don't know how much today was was a true test of what we're going to see, but um, yeah, I I think a favorite is going to also take it in in FPO. So that okay. that would be my line. And for whoever it was, whoever it was, I already forgot his name, his or her name, on our board. Uh, oh, pickle, pickle media. That's that just came to me. So there's your shout out. Uh, yeah, you, you arguing about? I'm, I'm just going to say bluntly, you arguing about whether or not Disc Golf Network. And paywalls should exist as you're watching the free version on Disc Golf Pro Tours YouTube page today, and you like just constantly, as I called it, beating that dead horse. It's just, it's just getting us nowhere. I get it. You have your stance. I understand. There's a lot of impassioned people about a lot of subjects. I get it. But like you regurgitating your same point or argument every four minutes in the chat. I just I think that's the definition of beating a dead horse, uh, and, and whether you're getting support or not, beating a dead horse. So, yep. And today, Thanks. by the way, I, and I love how he all he or she also said kept saying uh, about how they had all this information or knowledge about doing it, and all I kept thinking is, wait a minute, I think I've been around since day one of free and not free live broadcasting of disc golf, like literally day one. And I think I've been there since post-production has been a thing. But yeah, why don't you tell me more about what is or isn't working according to what you, your, your infinite knowledge. So shout out to Barbersol for, for putting in some money to have the, the, uh, the MPO round free on YouTube today. Cause it wasn't supposed to be. So shout out to Barbersol. Yeah. And they're just like, Hey, we want more exposure. So we'll put it on YouTube. Is that, was that the, I don't know. I'm not involved in those conversations. I just heard that there was going to go on YouTube. Thanks to Barbersol. So, Yes, I did hear that as well. So, uh, And Dylan Saves says, think the best scramblers are going to show out this weekend. And that's a very, very legitimate take that you can't really argue with. Think about who can throw a good forehand, who can throw a good backhand, how many times you're going to be standing still and having to throw that scramble shot. And there, there's a few men and women that jump out when you think about uh, you know those skills that are needed in this course. So. All right, guys, we are calling it. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks to the, the DOS uh, dungeon here for uh, letting me use the studio tonight so that we could uh, give it to you. None of this was officially <laughs> supported and or um, <laughs> endorsed by the Pro Tour. We have our own thoughts, sometimes smart, sometimes not so much. Uh, it, it just happened to be in the backdrop. Uh, but thank you for everything that the, the pro tour and the disc golf, uh, network along with the PDG and everyone else, uh, huge shout out to the Charlotte club. We're looking forward to another amazing weekend. Uh, and as you said, Barbasol, um, and John Spill and everyone else involved for Johnny V I'm the disc golf guy that has been Smashbox podcast 424's after show we're looking forward to seeing you for the next four days as we bring you the disc golf pro tour championship hopefully we'll be back in a week and we'll be talking to our champions from there that's all i got we'll see you next time you step inside the smash box